Thank you for tuning in to Voice of Islam Jamaica. The following is a recorded program of a live show. Please do not call in, but feel free to send messages on our WhatsApp line at 876-283-9533. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. May the peace and blessings of God be unto you. Hello dear listeners, welcome once again to Voice of Islam. Here at Voice of Islam we seek to educate the general public on issues, questions, and concerns that they may have about the religion of Islam. I am your host, Imam Ibrahim Fosin. Voice of Islam is brought to you by the Ahmadiyya Muslim community here in Jamaica. And for the knowledge of the new listeners, the Ahmadiyya Muslim community is one of the over 70 denominations in Islam. This community believes in the advent of the reformer of the age, in the person of His Holiness Mirza Ghulam Ahmed, may peace be unto him. The Ahmadiyya Muslim community is spread across over 200 countries and we believe in peaceful coexistence with God's creation. This community rejects any form of violence and our motto is love for all and hatred for none. In the course of the program, if you wish to send in your questions or comments, please do so via WhatsApp and the number is 876-283-9533. If you also meet us halfway in the program and you want to join the full episode, please visit voiceofislamjamaica.com and you would have access to this and the previous programs to enjoy. With this, I introduce you to today's topic and today on Voice of Islam we are looking at fasting in the month of Ramadan. The, in Islam, there are five pillars and among the five pillars, fasting is one of such pillars that Muslims throughout the world observe during a specific month which is called Ramadan. So fasting in the month of Ramadan is part of the Muslim life and I will be joined over the phone by Imam Tariq Azim who will take us through what fasting in Islam is all about. I believe people might have some idea about fasting in various forms but then the Islamic mode of fasting as the Imam will take us through would indicate a very comprehensive set of rules that govern the fasting. So I would, as I said, invite Imam Tariq Azim to explain to us what Muslims are doing in this month of Ramadan. And before I forget, this month of Ramadan is one of the most, if I should say, extraordinary months. And I believe in the history of Islam, it hasn't ever happened that the entire world observe a fast under lockdown in, in, in most cases. So Imam Tariq, if you can hear me, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi and welcome to Voice of Islam. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. May peace and blessings of Allah be upon you and all the listeners. As I said, we are talking about fasting in the month of Ramadan. Uh, being in a Christian country, when we talk about fasting, people might have different understanding about it. My first question to you is, in the Islamic 
terminology what is fasting and how do muslims observe fasting particularly during this month of ramadan absolutely uh, fasting is one of the most essential form of worships in islam and uh, i will actually go on first reading a few verses from the holy quran allah the almighty says that oh ye who believe fasting is prescribed for you as it it was prescribed for those before you so that you may become righteous the prescribed fasting is for a fixed number of days but whoso among you is sick or is on a journey shall fast the same number of other days and for those who are able to fast only with great difficulty is an expiation the feeding of a poor man and whoso performs a good work with willing obedience it is better for him and fasting is good for you if you only knew then god says the month of ramadan is that in which the quran was sent down as a guidance for mankind with clear proofs of guidance and discrimination therefore who so ever of you is present at home in this month let him fast therein but who so is sick or is on a journey shall fast a seen number of other days allah desires to give you facility and he desires not hardship for you and that you may complete the number and that you may exalt allah for his having guided you and that you may be grateful these are three verses from the second chapter of the holy quran and quite comprehensive yes very comprehensive and they give a very detailed um explanation of why we should fast how long we should fast and if for whatever reason one cannot fast even those reasons are mentioned if one cannot fast then what to do in that situation and what to do while you're fasting some of those things have been mentioned in here as well so these as you mentioned these are very comprehensive verses they are taken from chapter 2 verses 184 185 and 186 three consecutive verses there is this discussion of fasting in other some other parts of the holy quran as well but i felt that this portion is uh, it contains the main uh, you know uh, you can say the teachings in regards to the uh, to the islamic form of fasting sure. that's why i read this out first of all it should be known that islamic calendar is based on the moon it is a lunar calendar it is shorter than the gregorian calendar that we follow that is january february march it is this lunar calendar islamic one is about 10 days shorter than the gregorian calendar okay. so what happens is due to that 10 11 days difference each year uh, the same islamic month will come at a different time than the previous gregorian calendar i'll give you an example last year sure. ramadan started in the beginning of may approximately may 5th i believe it was and this year it starts in in the you know last week of april so this is a shift this is a change that we see that happens every year about 10 or 11 days because of the difference in lunar and uh, gregorian calendar that is generally followed along the world around the world second thing to understand is sure. that islam in islam uh, a new month a new lunar month starts with sighting of the moon the reason i say sighting of the moon is because nowadays when we look at our phones our phones tell us when the new moon will be but that is different from when islamic new month begins when a new moon is born as it is said in in the terminology sure um it is not visible to anyone at that point 
it is about 20 or so hours later, almost a day when uh, it has passed, that's when the moon becomes visible or can become visible. Okay. So that is when, you know, when, the, when we see the moon for the first time, uh, it means now the new month has started. So after the, the cycle begins, when we see it for the first time, that's when the new month begins. Okay. So the Prophet of Islam, peace be upon him, said that you should start fasting when you see the new moon. And you should end fasting when the new moon has come out again. That is a month later. And uh, as many of us might have seen, Friday night was the first night when the moon became visible. And due to sure. that, we uh, Ahmadi Muslims started fasting on Saturday. So that is another point to consider when we are understanding the, um, you know, basically the fasting month in Islam. But nowadays, because scientific uh, research and calculation of uh, you know, the lunar cycles and other things has improved so much that we can tell in advance that when the new month will begin. Even a year in advance, you can tell, or the, you know, it, it can be calculated that when Ramadan or any other lunar month will be starting. So we use uh, the technology as well, and we calculate it well in advance, but because it is the tradition, it is the teaching of the Holy Quran and the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, to see the moon, so to observe the moon ourselves. So we try to do that as well. And we take help from the scientific calculations that uh, tell us quite accurately that when the new moon will be born and when it will become first visible marking the new Islamic month. Sure. So this is uh, the background of uh, lunar months as well as how we calculate or how do we know this month of Ramadan is upon us. Next thing you ask that how do Muslims observe, observe fasting and how is it different from what other people might, uh, uh, might observe? Yeah. Uh, in Islam, basically, we are taught that fasting begins in the morning, uh, that is before the sun has risen. During dawn, before, during the twilight period, yeah. the, you know, Muslims are allowed to eat. But before the sunrise, an hour or so before the sunrise, the period that you can eat, that period ends at that point. And then after that, you cannot eat anything. And then throughout the day, uh, you stay hungry. And at the end of that day, uh, that is once the sun has set, at that time, you're again allowed to eat. So it is different from some other religions where uh, some people eat before they go to sleep. And then, you know, they continue their fasting even after they wake up. In some religions, they can eat certain things and they're not allowed certain other things. But in Islam, in that period that I've said, from dawn to dusk, the Muslims are not allowed to eat anything at all, drink anything at all if they're fasting. So no food, no drink. There is no exception to this, meaning there is no exception that you can eat this or drink that. No, absolutely nothing during this period. And this is how Muslims observe their fasting. And it, this distinction must be known. I, I, you know, in your, um, basically, I think I, my, I also started uh, my um, introduction with the same verse, um, the verse you quoted, chapter 2, verse um, 184. You, um, the verse clearly states that fasting is prescribed for you, that is the believers, as it was prescribed for those before us. So this tells us that Muslims are not the only people fasting is being prescribed for. People before us were also given commandments and rules regarding fasting 
But then today, um, if you if you look, you know, through almost all religions, it is Islam only which has fasting instituted and honored in a particular month, complete month throughout the world. And it is not something that people do. I believe we might have people uh, who are not Muslims who would argue that, yeah, they also fast here and there. But then it is not something that everybody, you know, in a particular, say, congregation or particular church or religious community do it worldwide as in Islam it is done. But then I want us to uh, focus on this word, prescribed. And prescribed basically um, is from the word prescription. If a person is sick and goes to see a doctor, the doctor gives a prescription. Here God is saying that fasting has been prescribed for the believers just as it was prescribed for those before us for us to attain righteousness. If a person goes to the clinic or to the doctor and has a headache and the doctor prescribes maybe Panadol for the person and he takes it and he gets well, then the next person also goes with the same headache. It is obvious the doctor will prescribe the same Panadol for the, the second patient and he's also going to get well. So God is telling us through this verse, as you read, that fasting is the prescription to basically attaining righteousness. Is that, is that, uh, is that how, how the verse explains it? Or I'm just stretching it? No, no. I mean, you, you, you've stated it, uh, you know, explained it in a very simple but uh, very elegant manner. Um, and, this, uh, you know, this prescription is not something that is just given to the Muslims. It was given to the people before the Holy Quran is stating that. Sure. And I have this verse in front of me. This is from uh, the New Testament, uh, Matthew, Gospel of Matthew, chapter 17, verse 19, 20 and onwards, you know. Yeah. Uh, in the verse 20, it says that, And Jesus said to them, Because of your disbelief, or for verily I say unto you, If ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. This is a very famous verse. We yeah. hear it all the time. Sure. But the verse that comes right after, we hear it very little, and it is actually pulled out from many of the Bibles these days. Uh, for whatever one or another reason, but this is in King James uh, Bible, if King James Version, if somebody wishes to see. He says, how be it, this kind goeth not out by prayer and fasting. He says this kind of belief, this kind of, uh, you know, belief where uh, you're able to move mountains and do sure. miracles, you cannot have this kind of belief if you're not doing what? Prayer and fasting. And fasting. So fasting is so important. And uh, I mean, I grew up in Canada and uh, growing up, I mean, it, it, it's a majority Christian country. Yet, I, for the whole time, I've been thinking that nobody observes fasts, fasting over there. Because it is so, uh, you know, uncommon these days among Christians. Uh, even though it is a prescribed thing, we see it, that Jesus, peace be upon him, himself emphasized that, you know, to have that even little uh, faith, that as little as a mustard seed, you have to observe fast. But again, we see that uh, many people have forgotten this teaching yet in Islam. Throughout the world, whichever part of the world you go to, Ramadan is that period, that time, that even those people who might be lazy in fulfilling their religious obligations for the rest of the year or other times of the year, they try to make amends and come back to the mosque and come back to uh, worshipping, come back to fasting uh, and practice this important, important uh, teaching of, uh, of the Holy Quran. 
Thank you. Thank you very much. And um, in the verse also, you stated that um, people who are sick and people who are on a journey are not supposed to fast, but then they are to do it to fulfill the, the lost days. Can you, can you take us through what that means? Yes, absolutely. Uh, Islam is a religion based on nature of mankind. The teachings Allah, God Almighty, has given in the Holy Quran, they are such that man can follow them. That is why they're given there. So if God says that do something and naturally some people because of their health or another reason cannot do it, then God Almighty gives other options as well that what they can do in those situations. Allah the Almighty has said in the Holy Quran, La nafsan illa wus'aha. This means that a soul is never burdened by Allah beyond its capacity. Okay. So God Almighty only gives so much responsibility that the soul that a person can handle. So when it comes to fasting, here again, I mean, some people naturally we understand they might be sick. Uh, so they don't have to fast while they are sick. Now there is sickness of different kinds. Okay. There is one sickness that is uh, either you can say permanent Temporary or long term. Yeah. Right. Permanent and long term. Or the other is impermanent. For example, you or I or somebody catches a flu or a fever and two, three days later, four days later, we are well again. So there are two different types of sicknesses. So somebody who is, uh, who is sick, long-term sick, but permanent sickness, for them, they do not have to fast at all. But what they have to do is that while they're not for the days that they miss, that would be the whole month, 30 days. Yeah. So for those 30 days, they should feed 30 uh, people, 30 hungry, needy people. So this is the commandment Holy Quran gave, that if you cannot fast yourself for the days that you miss, you have to feed, um, you know, you have to feed the hungry, you have to feed needy people. That you could do by giving out charity, or you could actually find people and try to feed them. So this uh, is up to you. That And some clarification, it is not an excuse for the rich to abstain from it by feeding the poor, but then it is on condition of being permanently incapable of, of fasting. Exactly. That is a very good clarification that you have made. Uh, the, the, there is no class uh, when it comes to worship in Islam at all. Um, the teachings are given for rich and poor alike. So based on their means, they will feed other people, 30 other people for the 30 days they missed. So that is if somebody is permanently sick. But if someone is, uh, you know, for example, as I mentioned, during the month of Ramadan, somebody sure. catches a flu or have a fever. Islamically, they're not allowed to fast. If they do fast, they're going against the teaching given by God Almighty. God has given them this leniency that they should not fast. So they should uh, benefit from this leniency. And the Holy Quran says that such person should fast in other time. Once okay. Ramadan is done, any time before the next Ramadan, the next, uh, next year's uh, month of fasting, any time between that, the person can miss, catch the missed uh, days that he so, missed during the month of Ramadan. What you are saying is that we know that uh, the month of Ramadan is in some cases 30 days and some cases 29 days. So for instance, let's use 30 days as uh, you know, a yardstick. And if a person had some kind of temporary ailment, which lasted for about five days. And during those five days, the person was not able to fast. However, he did 25 days. He was, he was able to fast for 25 days. What Islam is saying is that at the end of the, I mean the, the month of Ramadan, the general fasting, 
he should fulfill those missed days, those five days that he was sick. Is that, is that what you are saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it goes same for traveling as well. For example, last year, I, I had no choice and I had to travel on some of the days during Ramadan. So before starting of this Ramadan, I made sure that I had caught up all those days that I had missed. So the same thing that applies to sickness also applies to travel. Okay. In Islam, you're not allowed to fast while you're traveling. And the days that we miss because of these two reasons, we have to make them up after this, the current Ramadan is done and before the next one begins. So this is uh, how it works. Also, I would like to clarify sure. that in Islam, children are also not allowed to fast. Okay. Those who are under the ages of uh, 13, 14, 15, uh, they're not allowed to fast at all. But as a child becomes 13, 14 years old, uh, you can uh, you know, get the child into practice by having him do a few hours maybe. Or uh, if he is healthy enough, strong enough, then maybe he can do uh, one every week or something on a, on a weekend or something like that. Something that his body can comfortably handle. But once we become, you know, adults, it becomes mandatory upon each one of us. So basically what, what you said is that children are not allowed to fast, um, but then those who are closer to becoming adults, almost like in some countries, the adult age is about 18. So if those who are like 15, 17, thereabout, could, you know, try it once, you know, maybe once a while, but then once they get into the full adult age, it is obligatory for them. But children are not, I mean, um, allowed to fast. Unfortunately, some parents, without realizing the Islamic teachings, uh, make their uh, children fast much earlier. Sometimes upon the insistence of the children that we want to fast. But in, in Islam, uh, it, you know, we should, uh, this leniency is given, this uh, exemption is given for children. When the exemption is given, in Islam, we are taught that when an exemption is given, you should benefit from it. Because the exemption is given because God Almighty knows us better than we know ourselves. So for this reason, instead of uh, uh, the child, even if the child is, in, is insisting, insisting, it should be made sure that the child is uh, at that reasonable age where if he fasts, it wouldn't harm him, it wouldn't hurt him. I quite remember um, growing up, of course, we also had a taste of fasting even at younger age, but then we were um, prevented. And it is the first time I started a fast was I did it voluntarily. It was not even in the month of Ramadan. When I was about 16 years, I was going to write an examination by then. So I voluntarily just observed one fast. And then once I got into 18, then of course it, it rolled up. But then um, usually when we talk about fasting, two things come to mind, food and water. That is the basic definition that you know goes with fasting. In Islam, is it restricted only to abstaining from food and water only? Yes, I, I will actually get back to that. Before, I just wanted to add one very important exemption. Sure. And we were discussing the other question. Yeah. The ladies that are pregnant are also not allowed to fast. Okay. And because they, they have a child growing inside of them, so their body needs you know, food and different types of uh, uh, survival uh, needs are more than other people. So for that reason, they are not allowed to fast. And even if they want to fast, they have to stay away for the health of their child as well as themselves. And those ladies that are feeding their children after the birth of the child, breastfeeding their children, those mothers are also not allowed to fast. So these exemptions are given in the teachings of Islam. And number one, we should make sure that we, uh, we utilize these exceptions, exemptions, but also, um, you know, we should uh, 
and this gives you an idea that Islam is a religion based on mankind's nature, that whatever teaching needs to be given, Allah gives that teaching. And the words that I recited in the beginning, or the translation I read out, in there God Almighty says, Yuridullahu bikumul yusra. Okay. That Allah desires for you ease. Wala yuridu bikumul usra. That he does not desire hardship for you. So he has given all these uh, exemptions. And as a Muslim, uh, if we fall into any of those categories, we should uh, avail them. That is what righteousness uh, dictates. And I think there are, there are quite a number of exceptions, people who are not supposed to fast. Um, like uh, you, you have mentioned quite a number of them, but then there are also still quite a number of them. Ladies on their monthly course are not also allowed to fast. And then the aged, I mean the elderly who are extremely old, for their own health, it is also not recommended that they, they, they fast. And now to the, to the question, the food and water aspect of it. It is important to understand that Islamic fast is not limited to food and drink and things like that. In Islam, the month of Ramadan, the period of fasting, is such that it is, uh, it is for reflection. It is for self-improvement. It is to become better human beings. So this is what we need to do during the month of Ramadan. That, um, you know, for example, there's a saying of the Holy Prophet Muhammad, Salam, peace Salam. be upon him, that whoever does not give up false speech and acting upon it, Allah has no need for such a person to give up his drink or food. So if someone uh, does not, false speech meaning lying and... Lying uh, and, you know, yeah. falsehood. So yeah. the, exactly, falsehood. So in, if somebody is still indulging in uh, falsehood and he says, I am fasting, there is no need. God, the Prophet says that God says that I am in no need of you to let go of your food or, uh, of your, or your drink. If you're going to continue with your bad habits, with your vices, with your sins, then it's, it's better that you continue to eat and drink as well because there's no point, no purpose that you're achieving from fasting. And in another hadith, it is mentioned that the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, <laughs> fasting is a shield as long as you don't damage it. And, and then he explains how you damage it. He says, by lying or backbiting. So again, falsehood or backbiting. These two things particularly, but along, uh, you know, it goes to show that all the vices uh, that we consider vices, we consider sins that are told by God Almighty and his prophet. Uh, if we indulge in them while we're fasting, we are uh, basically, um, you know, making our fast uh, Wayne, we're making it useless. There's no point of it. Okay. And Allah has no need for me and you to fast if we are not going to try and become better human beings. So, so this is important to understand that is beside eating, uh, that you know, we're giving up eating and drinking, but these are the main things that we need to let go of. That are, those are our vices, such as lying, fast, uh, lying while fasting, or sorry, lying or cursing, abusing, stealing, any of these any of the vices that God God has prohibited, meaning you are saying that um, the, the fasting goes beyond just abstaining from food and water, but then it, it kind of, it's, it's an exercise that should rekindle the spirituality of the person by not engaging in the, you know, those weak activities, uh, sinful activities. And if a person is fasting and still doing those things, then God is not uh, in need of such a person's fast. Um, some, of course, we've, we've uh, spoken about uh, that the fact that when a person is sick, 
they are not supposed to fast. But then talking about the things a person is not supposed to do uh, while they are fasting, I mean, not eating, they don't have to eat, they don't have to um, drink water, they don't have to um, drink juice, um, no candy whatsoever. What about medication? So I, I, some listeners will be asking, what, what about medication? Are, they, are we allowed to take, take medication? If, if someone is sick and they have to take medication, especially at a time which falls during the period that you're observing fast, then um, you should not even be fasting. Sure. But if you take medication at a time or you can take it at a time that is outside of this period and fasting will not affect your health, in that case, you can fast while taking your medication afterwards. But if you are sick, as, I, as we discussed it already, then, um, then you, you must let go of fasting for those days and you make up for those days after you have recovered, uh, after the month of Ramadan, that is. So this is how uh, it goes. And medication, of course, uh, if somebody needs to take medication, it then means he is sick. And he is there sick. Thank you very much, Imam Tariq. And um, if you just joined us, you are listening to Voice of Islam, um, brought to you by the Ahmadiyya Muslim community here in Jamaica. And in the holy month of Ramadan, that is the Muslim holy month of Ramadan, um, during which Muslims all over the world observe complete fasting throughout the month, uh, we are discussing fasting in the month of Ramadan and Imam Tariq Azim, who joins us over the phone, is taking us through the do's and don'ts, what fasting actually means in Islam. Uh, when people are fasting, what are they supposed to do and what they are not supposed to do? Which category of people are allowed to fast and which category of people are not allowed to fast? So these are some of the things we are um, talking about. And Imam Tariq, let's, let's um, come to this. What do Muslims do while fasting? Is it just, you know, staying idle and say, okay, I'm, I'm not eating, I'm not drinking, so I'm just, you know, sleeping or just idling? the month of fasting or the period of fasting is not for just to sit idle and get lazy. No, the period of fasting is that we carry on with our routine activities that we do anyways, but then we spend more time in remembrance of Allah, the Almighty. So majority of the Muslims spend so much time, more time uh, devoted, dedicated to study of the Holy Quran. There is 30 parts, 30 portions in the Holy Quran and the Muslims try to do the whole round of the Holy Quran within the 30 days of Ramadan. So they try to read one portion every day so that they can finish it within the month of Ramadan. So uh, this is what um, basically uh, Ramadan is about, that you go on with your routine uh, necessary chores, but then you also devote more time to uh, study of the Holy Quran, to remembrance of God Almighty, to praying, to God Almighty, that is voluntary prayers, meaning the, uh, beside those prayers that you do in other times as well. So this would be additional prayers and additional remembrance of Allah on top of your usual uh, worship. So this is what is important. And then another thing that Muslims pray, that Muslims do during Ramadan is they offer this prayer called Taravi prayer. And okay. Taravi prayer is offered across the globe in uh, nearly all the mosques and usually one person that is leading is the one that knows the most Holy Quran. And he recites the Holy Quran. Every day he tries to get through at least one portion of the Holy Quran so that he can finish it before the end of Ramadan. So the Holy Quran is quite a 
quite a you know a thick book i mean there's a there's a lot of pages a lot of reading and if you were trying to read it in one sitting which which we're not allowed to do but i'm just giving an example it will take you more than 30 hours just to do one reading of the holy quran so it is divided over uh, you know the whole month the people read it themselves from the book but then they go to the mosque and offer this taravi prayer that is the voluntary prayer that yeah. is offered exclusively during ramadan the, they listen to the Holy Quran there also. So, so much more time is devoted to the study of Holy Quran during this month that uh, for a believer, this is actually not a time where he sits idle. It is a time where uh, he indulges himself even more in remembrance of Allah. He tries to abstain from all the vices and sins and other things. And he tries to become a reformed person through the month of Ramadan so that when the month ends, he becomes, you know, he comes out a completely new person, a completely reformed person. I'll actually tell you that what some people do, uh, there is a saying of the Holy Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He said that one who spends the month of Ramadan fasting faithfully and in sincerity, keeping track, keeping, you know, himself or uh, holding himself accountable for what he does. Such a person will have all his sins forgiven because of observing Ramadan in the proper manner. All the sins that he might have committed in the past. So this is a very blessed month. One of my uh, missionary friends, he was uh, telling, he was sharing his uh, you know, experience at what he does. Every Ramadan, what he does is that he makes a list of maybe, let's say, 10 good things that he wants to do. And he makes a list of 10 weaknesses that he has in himself. He says, then what I do is I uh, cross off nine things on both lists, nine things each on both lists. And I leave one on each list. And I say that I will try to make sure that I start or become regular in doing that one additional goodness by the end of this month. And I will stop one of my weaknesses, uh, which I have outlined as the most important before the end of this month. So you start practicing in Ramadan and you start, as the Hadith says, as the saying of the Prophet goes, that you observe fasting faithfully while holding yourself accountable. Sure. So this that, that I'm explaining is holding yourself accountable and trying to uh, basically improve yourself. This is what Ramadan is about. This is what the month of fasting is about. And as I narrated one narration before, that Allah does not care. Uh, about us quitting our food and drink if we are going to indulge in false speech or other vices. We have to uh, try and become better human beings, remember Allah more during these days, try to become uh, more spiritually reformed people through the month of Ramadan. This is what Ramadan is for. And you also mentioned uh, one important thing which also is done by Muslims almost all over the world, majority of Muslims, that is they try to read the entire Holy Quran at least once in during this month of Ramadan. And as you explained, just like as you said, the Holy Quran is divided into 30 parts. So for those who want to read it just once, read the Quran once, they read one part every day. But then there are some who can do it like five times during the month of Ramadan. But then it is also encouraged that people take their time, read it, not just reading, but then read and understand and also try to act upon 
whatever they are reading. And this is quite important that um, during the month of Ramadan, people all over the world, Muslims all over the world, um, try also to achieve. And you mentioned the the congregational prayer, which has become part of the um, the Ramadan, which is called the Tarawih, the nightly uh, prayer. And it is also an opportunity where even for those who cannot read the Quran, they are able to listen to it because the Imam reads large part of it during this this prayer. And in some Muslim, I mean uh, mosques, during the end of the month, they would use the entire Quran to lead prayers so that people would be able to enjoy the melody and also the wisdom and also the the education and the lessons in the Holy Quran. Unfortunately, this month, as I said in my introduction, this Ramadan is like no other. And I believe the month of April is going to, this month of April 2020 is going to uh, be a historic month. Um, it is the month that for the first time in almost like 100 years, Easter was celebrated outside the churches. And it is the same month that Ramadan is also being observed in um, isolation or in lockdown in most parts of the world. So it is an experience that Muslims all over the world will never, will never forget. Um, for the sake of the lockdown and other restrictions, Muslims all over the world will not be able to um, be having this congregational prayer as, as said. But then life goes on and the most important thing is trying to reform ourselves wherever we are. And as Muslims, we have been blessed. The Prophet Muhammad is reported to have said that the entire earth is made a mosque for a Muslim. So wherever we say prayers, we don't need a confined environment to say the prayers. You can say the prayers anywhere. But then we are only taught that once we come together as congregation, the blessings become more than saying it individually in our homes. So at this point, let's, let's look at um, the benefits and also the, what Muslims hope to achieve during fasting. Can you take us through what the benefits are? Of course, we have, we have enumerated mo most of them, but then simplify it. Um, see, Ramadan or fasting has both spiritual and physical benefits. But looking at the time that we only have a few minutes left here, I will focus mostly on the spiritual benefits because spiritual is the main reason that we are observing uh, Ramadan, observing fast. So number one, most, uh, one of the most basic or essential benefits of fasting is that it develops sympathy in our heart for mankind. When we abstain from food and drink, it tells us, it, it reminds us that what some people in the, around the world go through every single day. Some people don't even have uh, one good meal a day. Right? So this reminds us of their suffering when we have eaten and we are not allowed to eat for uh, an extended period of time. Uh, if we do feel hungry, we're able to feel what these other people go through every day. There are many people around the world that do not have access to fresh water, that do not have access to water. Uh, you know, they would have to travel miles just to get some water. So this again becomes a reminder to, to, uh, to the Muslims that when they're observing uh, this uh, month of Ramadan, they are reminded that what some people uh, live through uh, you know, on a daily basis, and they don't even have a choice, as we do have a choice that, for example, if somebody is not feeling well, not well, they can, um, uh, 
they don't have to fast. But for those people uh, around the world th that live in different difficult conditions, they don't have access to these things. So this allows us to develop sympathy for those kind of people. And the result of that sympathy is that we become more charitable, we become more caring towards other people. Regarding the Holy Prophet Muhammad wasallam, which is mentioned, that during the month of Ramadan, his wife says that he used to uh, become so charitable that it, he was like a fast blowing wind. And this metaphor, she used it to explain that he would be, uh, he was charitable all the time. But when the month of Ramadan would come, he, it would be so much that he would be looking for opportunities to, be, uh, to look to help people all the time. And whatever he would get, he would try to give it out to anyone that might be in need. So this, this, this is uh, one uh, you know, essential purpose of fasting. That is to develop sympathy in your heart for mankind, for the creation of God Almighty. Number two, and also very essential, is that fasting helps us develop self-discipline. We try to overcome bad habits all the time. For example, someone who is lazy at, uh, at working out, at exercising, he needs to develop that self-discipline, but he's not being able to do it. And it is possible that over time he's losing uh, self-belief as well because of that reason. So self-discipline is a very basic habit that we all need to, uh, need to have. Again, people, the, the people might have some vices as well, some sins as well they might be committing sure. and lacking the self-discipline to control themselves. It could be lying, it could be stealing, it could be gambling could be anything else that, that we know that our scriptures are forbidden. So fasting, when we try to stay away, not just from the forbidden things, we stay away even from lawful things that Allah has otherwise made lawful, such as food and drink. Sure. In this time, we stay away even from the lawful things. It develops us, develops within us this strength that we can, uh, we can stay away from those things that we want to stay away at other times as well. So Ramadan, where it helps us with self-discipline, it grows self-belief in us that yes, we can do this. Yes, we can overcome that problem as well. Yes, we can uh, you know, get rid of that vice or that mistake or that weakness within ourselves. So this is another benefit that is self-discipline. So I mentioned sympathy for mankind yeah. is uh, developed through Ramadan and then self-discipline is also established. But the third and the most important reason, which is actually mentioned in the verse that I quoted. Allah says, why should you fast? So that you may become righteous. That is the essential goal. So that you may develop, develop love of God Almighty in your heart. And this closeness, is the main, closeness to God. Closeness to God Almighty. That yeah. is the main reason that why we fast. And as I mentioned to you that even Jesus, peace be upon him, uh, he has said that uh, fasting helps us grow faith helps us uh, you know, make our, become our faith stronger in God Almighty, in Allah the Almighty. So for this reason, that is the main purpose that, uh, you know, uh, that we observe fasting. The Holy Prophet, uh, peace be upon him, he has said that, uh, that Allah the Almighty says, he's he quotes Allah the Almighty, yeah. that Allah says that you know, uh, a believer does all these things like praying, worshiping in different forms for himself. But fasting is that one deed that he does for me. So I myself become the reward for the person who, who fasts. 
So here it is told that when we are, when we are observing Ramadan, when we are observing fast, we the 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 gift or the reward of fasting is Allah Himself, is God Himself, it's the nearness of God Almighty. So this is the most important aspect uh, of Ramadan, uh, of fasting, that we are able to develop a closer relationship with Allah the Almighty. And you know, uh, by the grace of Allah, you I know, and I myself too. We've been observing uh, Ramadan for a long period, for many years many now. Years, yeah. And uh, due to this, we have seen ourselves that each Ramadan, how much of a change sure. it brings into our lives. Sure. It is true that uh, sometimes we're not able to retain uh, 100% of what we might have practiced during Ramadan until next Ramadan. But that is why God brings us this, uh, this blessed month. This, every year. You know, this, every year, this period of a refresher course which allows us to set our priorities again and, you know, and uh, move towards the right direction, whatever weaknesses or whatever, uh, whatever mistakes we were developing or we were heading towards, we can kind of reset ourselves and move towards the right direction that is, uh, you know, develop love and nearness to God Almighty. Interesting. And as you say, thank you very much. In your answer to the benefits and the purpose, what Muslims hope to achieve, you have outlined three key important reasons and um, aspirations. The first one you said, it was quite down to our day-to-day -day activities. You said that the, the number one achievement or the number one aim is that Muslims have sympathy for the weak, the poor, and the needy. There are some people who are rich. Of course, the rich might not feel when a person says, I'm hungry. Hardly will they understand what the person means. But then Islam during the month of Ramadan gives you the opportunity to taste hunger. Though you have the food, you have everything. But then you're going through the experience of somebody who doesn't have what you have. So that when the person comes to you the next day and tells you, I'm hungry, you have an idea what the person is talking about. And... You know, in most cases, we watch televisions, we see people uh, in Yemen, in Syria, Gaza, children who are, you know, people who have been deprived of going out. They cannot step out for fear of being killed and other things. This lockdown during the, I mean, this uh, COVID-19 and the, the lockdown associated with it brings to mind what others go, go through. And in our case, we have the, the, the luxury of maybe twice every week you are able to go out but in those countries those people have no other way they have no other way hoping that either today or tomorrow i'm going to go outside and it is it is a very important you know explanation you gave and also talking about the self-discipline how can a person you just see yourself you are in your house nobody sees you you are hungry but then you choose to go hungry you could have entered you know, your room and taken some biscuit or candy, some drink and, you know, eating and nobody will see it. This is quite important and it is a kind of discipline that Islam instills in the followers and also fasting as we have said. It is not only in Islam but then Islam has made it this obligatory that almost all Muslims all over the world do observe it. And um, thank you very much. And also you spoke about the righteousness aspect, which is the most important aspect of it. At this point, let's look at um, the current situation in the world now. And as I said, this Ramadan is going to be one of the 
historic Ramadans in that almost all over the world people are not having the luxury of going about the things that they would have done. How is it different this year? Just, just take us through. Yes, a lot of things are different and uh, most mosques around the globe um, are not able to, are, are not functioning in the way they usually do. Sure. Uh, during the month of Ramadan, uh, for most believers, uh, mosque becomes their second home. They spend so much time there, uh, you know, for prayers as well as for study of the Holy Quran, that it becomes their second home. There is that Taravi prayer that we discussed where the Quran is recited, yeah. they go for there is also a Holy Quran lecture that takes place at least once in almost every mosque around the globe. And then generally, as I mentioned, for prayers, people go uh, several times in a day. So because none of these things are happening uh, at the mosque, uh, people are restricted to their homes. Uh, we have also made arrangements as best as we can uh, to provide that spiritual nourishment that is required uh, at all times. So what yeah. we are doing that immediately after this radio program, yeah. we will be having our uh, live, uh, basically lecture on the Holy Quran. And uh, at least once a week, we will have, uh, you know, a dedicated period uh, uh, where we sit down and people can join via YouTube and watch this live stream of uh, the lecture on the Holy Quran. So this way we can try and uh, try to continue to learn as we would have at times other than, uh, other than, you know, basically, um, if, it was, if it weren't COVID-19 this year. So, so basically, we should have been the most, I mean, like in like previous years, during this time, there is always a time that we gather in the most and listen to some lessons in the Holy Quran. So you're saying that this time we're going to have it online instead of going to the mosque. That's what you say. Exactly, exactly. Okay. In our Ahmadiyya Muslim Jamaat in other parts of the world, they've been organizing various campaigns, various events. Just I was watching today in Canada, they had this program called Virtual Ramadan. Okay. And basically what they were doing was that they had almost a very lengthy three hour or so session. And they have several different, uh, they had several different, several speeches in there, as well as they invited some, uh, you know, dignitaries and politicians to join in and uh, give their, uh, you know, basically their words or their thoughts on this uh, project of virtual Ramadan. Uh, but the main purpose was so that that, that spiritual nourishment, it will continue uh, regardless of the fact that people cannot come to the mosques at the moment. The, the um, early days of fasting are quite difficult and um, difficult not in the sense of going through difficulty but then because you, your body is now adjusting to new experience the first two three days people might be tempted even to drink forgetfully um, inadvertently so the question is if a person is fasting and forgets drinks water or eats it happens actually it, it, it's happened you know quite you know few in few few cases what happens when a person forgets fully eat or drinks water while fasting? Islam is the religion that teaches us that all our actions are based on our intentions. So the Prophet, peace be upon him, has said that if someone forgetfully uh, drinks or eats something, his, uh, his, basically his fasting does not finish there. He can continue fasting as soon as he remembers basically right away. He can continue fasting and just say maybe uh, pray to Allah that forgive me uh, for my mistake. But then he also said that 
um, the, whatever he eats or drinks accidentally, it is a gift to him from Allah the Almighty. So he has no not broken the. He's not broken no. the fast. No, he has not broken the fast. Rather, he should continue, and uh, he should consider it a gift from Allah the Almighty. And the reason I said actions are based upon the intention. So I or you or someone else, if we see somebody drinking or eating while fasting, we should not be judgmental. We should we, even we don't even have to remind the person because if Allah likes to feed him, then Allah can feed that person. So our job would be that we do not say that that person is doing it intentionally. Uh, rather, uh, you know, uh, whenever, if, if whenever he remembers, he should stop immediately. And in most cases, I mean, it only happens within first or second or third day sure. that inadvertently we try to, we, we might eat or drink something, uh, something small. And then, you know, even before it is swallowed, actually, you would remember most likely that you're fasting. But if you didn't, Allah is forgiving and merciful and Allah. Uh, Allah will not hold you or me accountable for that. But then there's, a, I mean, there's a, a strong penalty for doing it intentionally. When a person Absolutely. eats intentionally, there's a strong penalty for that. Absolutely. It, it, the, uh, well, yes, the penalty is either uh, you feed uh, 60 people. Or you or fast, for, you you fast, fast for two consecutive months. Exactly. Or you fast for 60 days, which is uh, very uh, difficult to do. But if someone does break their fast intentionally, that is the teaching given. And this shows that how serious of a uh, sin or a mistake it is to do such, such a thing. Thank you very much. Um, I think at this time, uh, at this point, of course, our time is almost coming to an end. And I would ask you if you have any last words to, to share with us. In conclusion, I would just like to say that if anyone out there would like to learn more about fasting or would like to practice or would like to experience it, feel free to message us. Our number is 876-283-9533. Fasting is not difficult. It is an excellent practice for your health as well as your uh, spirituality. So I would encourage, uh, even if you're not a Muslim and you want to try, please feel free to contact us at Thank you very much for I mean, uh, joining us today on Voice of Islam and also to our listeners. This is all that time would allow us on today's episode. In case you missed any aspect of today's program or any previous program, please visit voiceofislamjamaica.com and you would be glad you did. You would have all the episodes there to enjoy. Please help me say a big thank you to our Imam, um, Tariq Azim, who joined us today on Voice of Islam, and also all those who made this program a success. And to you, my listener, thank you for joining us today on Voice of Islam. It is our prayer that the good Lord uses such a holy man to um, answer our prayers and also alleviate the difficulties and the hardship the world is going through. And from the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, until we come your way next time with another interesting episode, stay safe. Our motto has always been love for all, hatred for none. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. <laughs> Salli ala Muhammadin
Muhammadin 